today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savell. I get up every day expecting the unexpected. Amen. I never know how God is going to do it, but I expect Him to do it. And I don't put Him in a box and, and, and say, now, Lord, here's the way you did it last time. Do it again that same way. No, I, I don't put God in a box. I, I let Him be God. Let God be God. So we said last night that in Psalm 78, it's kind of a, a history of God's dealing with the Israelites when they were in Egypt and how he got them out. And you'll notice here, if you have your Bibles open to Psalm 78, that it says, if I can get mine open to Psalm 78, in verse 7, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. A stubborn and rebellious generation. Why did God call them a stubborn and rebellious generation? Simply because every time they had a new challenge, they cried out to God to help them. He did. And then they rejoiced for a short time. And then when they'd have another challenge, they'd forget entirely what he'd just done for them. They constantly forget, as the King James says, the works of the Lord. And so he was constantly having to prove to them that if he's ever done it once, he can do it again. How many of you found that out to be true? That if God's ever met a need in your life, he can meet another need. I learned a long time ago that it doesn't make any difference how many zeros are at the end of it. God's capable. Amen. Amen. God's capable. When I first started out, I was, I was believing for hundreds of dollars. Sometime later, it became thousands of dollars. Sometime later, it became tens of thousands of dollars. Then later, it became millions of dollars. I, I, I have board meetings every year in January, normally somewhere during the first quarter, but I usually like to have them in January. And before I bring my board in, I like to go back and look at the minutes of my very first board meeting. And I'll, I'll look at the minutes and I'll, I'll see what we shared with them of what it took for us to operate that first year and what we were believing for for the new year. And when I look at those figures, I think, I can't even open the door for one day to my ministry for what, it, what, what, what I could take in for a whole year and run the ministry on that amount back then. That's how much it's increased, okay? So we started out with 100. And then we started adding another zero to it. Started out believing for hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, millions, and not one time has God ever said, now, boy, this is where it ends. You're going to break heaven here. You're not the only one out there. We, we need to have some in reserve for other people. He never told me that. 
I think his attitude is, if you're capable of believing it, I can do it. Amen. Amen. If you're capable of believing for it, then God is capable of making it happen. Can you say amen? amen? So these people, it didn't matter how many times God did miracles for them. They constantly forgot it. And then they began to cry out again, cry out again. And then you'll notice in verse 29 or 19, rather. Yea, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Now, after all he'd already done for them, they're still asking, but can he do this? And he would do it. And then they'd say, yeah, but can he do this? And he'd do it. And they'd say, yeah, but can he do this? I mean, where's it going to end with some people when they finally decide it, nothing is impossible with God? That's right. That's right. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20 that he's able to do exceeding abundant above all that you can ask or think. The Amplified Bible says all that you can dare ask, dare think, dare request, dare hope for, dare to dream of. He is capable of making it happen, praise God. I think God is, is giving us a dare. And I don't turn down dares. So when I see in the Amplified all that you dare ask, I think, that's me he's talking about. <laughs> you double dog daring me, God? <laughs> then I'm your man, praise God. So notice here, God is capable of doing Whatever needs to be done, you will never experience anything in your life that is too big for your God. Somebody give him a shout if you believe it, praise God. Amen. So once again, they were constantly asking, but can he do this? And can he do that? And then in verse 41, it says, eventually they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Notice small thinking, negative thinking limits God. Isn't that amazing? An unlimited God can be limited by his own people. They tempted God, limited the Holy One of Israel. I don't want to be found guilty of that. I don't want to be found guilty of that. So notice here, some of these people didn't make it to the promised land. And if you read Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and him talking about what he had in store for them at the promised land, it talks about a land where there's no scarceness, a land where you will not lack anything. I mean, it was a, it was a, a beautiful promise for them. But some of them never made it there because they limited him through their small thinking, their negative talking, okay? And it's true today. If you think small, you think negative, you talk negative, then you're going to limit God just like they did. And it's not likely you'll ever reach the maximum or the highest level attainable. So that's the reason I'm, I'm saying that we need to develop a new mindset, need to develop a new thought process where we don't limit God in our thinking 
that we dared to believe that he is capable of doing anything we need done. He's capable of providing anything that we need. He's bigger than any problem or adversity or challenge that we'll ever encounter. Amen? So it's time to go for the maximum. It's time to take the limits off and dare to believe that God can take you to a place that you have never been before. Amen. Now, I wanted to uh, talk to you tonight about something the Lord said to me a few days ago. He said, when you're challenging people to go to the maximum and the highest level attainable, tell them also to start expecting the unexpected. Begin expecting the unexpected. And then he led me to some stories in the Bible that I want to relate to you. Uh, Let's go to Luke chapter 5, first of all. Luke chapter 5. Verse 1 says, It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Notice those words are about to rob him of a maximum experience. We've we've already fished all night. We've taken nothing. We're tired. Our nets need washing. I got to go home and face my wife. She'll ask me, how was the fishing business today? And I'll have to tell her, we didn't catch anything. And hear her say, mama told me not to marry you. You know. You didn't know that was in the Bible? And, uh, you know, he's tired and he's worn out and he don't want to face his wife. And, and, and Jesus said, but if you'll launch out into the deep, let down your nets. So what is Jesus endeavoring to get him to do? Expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. Peter says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. So notice those words brought about a miracle catch. If he had not said, nevertheless, at thy word, Nevertheless, uh, even though I'm tired, I've been doing this all night, we've taken nothing, but nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. If he hadn't said those words, we wouldn't have the story of the multitude of fishes that were caught. So it's obvious that Peter was not expecting the unexpected, but Jesus was. Amen? Jesus was. And so we find in this story that as they were obedient to what Jesus said, then the Bible says that the, they, they launched out into the deep, 
cast out their nets. The nets began to break. They caught so many fish. The boats began to sink. Peter had to beckon to his partners. They all came out and caught so many fish and, and the same story took place. And notice how that it is quite possible for you and I to expect the unexpected. And I believe we'll get the same kind of results that we see here in this story, even though it wasn't Peter's expectancy that produced the miracle. It was Jesus' expectancy. But if you keep reading that story, it's going to inspire your faith to expect the, the, the unexpected. That's right. That's right. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I like to read stories, even though they indicate that it wasn't the people who were expecting, but the fact that it shows the results because Jesus was expecting, then that inspires me to begin to expect the unexpected. In fact, I get up every day expecting the unexpected. Amen. I never know how God is going to do it but I expect him to do it. And I don't put him in a box and, and, and say, now, Lord, here's the way you did it last time. Do it again that same way. No, I, I don't put God in a box. I, I let him be God. Let God be God. He has so many ways to meet your needs. You couldn't dream them all up in a thousand years. I remember one time I was building this medical facility in, in the nation of Kenya. And uh, uh, I had gone to the architect, draw, had my plans all drawn, and I'm getting ready to go to Nairobi and meet with President Daniel Moy to ask him to give me the land to build this on, and then I was going to give it back to the nation. And uh, Oral Roberts heard about me wanting to do this. And it's at the time where he was endeavoring to raise $8 million to get his medical missionaries out on the mission field. And the reason for that, some, most of you remember that ordeal with the million dollars and how the press just crucified him. But he was believing for the $8 million to give those students to pay off their college debts so that he could get them on the mission field, okay? Because most of them, after they graduated and they went through the process of being licensed as a medical doctor, then they had to stay home and work to pay off their student loans, so what Brother Roberts was endeavoring to do was get the body of Christ to give him $8 million so he could pay their debts off and get them to the mission field, okay? So when he, and of course I served on his board, so he knew I was building this medical facility. And so he called me and he said, I want to go with you. I said, well, Brother Roberts, I wish I'd have known that earlier because uh, I, my schedule is full. As soon as I get to Nairobi, I'm, I'm meeting with President Moy, and as soon as I get through with that meeting, uh, I've, I've chartered an airplane to fly to Cuckamega, where I'm doing an open-air meeting, and the next morning, I start pastor's meetings, and that afternoon, I'm dedicating uh, new churches we built. I'm breaking ground for new churches, and then that night, we have open-air crusades again. I said, I won't have any time to be with you. Brother Robert said, well, would you at least pray and see if it'd be all right if I go? I thought, well, who am I to tell Oral Roberts you can't go, you know? I said, well, if you really want to go, yes. Yes, you can go. He said, I really want to go. 
And so I told him when I was leaving. And so he and Evelyn, uh, we went and picked them up, brought them to Fort Worth. And then he and I uh, uh, flew uh, on commercial airlines to JFK and then from JFK on into Nairobi. When we got there, I said to Brother Roberts, we've, we've been flying for over 20 hours. You're probably ready for some rest and I will arrange for you to have a day room at the Hilton Hotel here downtown Nairobi and I'll assign one of my staff to be with you while I'm at President Moy's uh, meeting to ask him for this land. He said, no, I want to go with you. I said, okay. So we went to this meeting. Well, as it turned out, President Moy had an emergency meeting, so he assigned the vice president and some of his cabinet members to meet with me. They didn't know Oral Roberts was going to be with me. So they put us in this room, and I'm sitting at a table with Oral Roberts next to me and my director for the nation of Kenya next to me, and the vice president cabinet members are across from us at a table. And so the vice president said, uh, Dr. Svell, uh, go ahead and make your presentation. So I'm going through my plans of phase one as an outpatient clinic, and this is what we're going to do and so forth. And I, I'm asking uh, you to supply the land that we can build this on. And in the process of building it, we will supply jobs for some of your people. When we get it finished, it will act as an internship place so that your, some of your people don't have to fly to Europe to become interns in, in hospitals there. We're going to give it to the nation. Well, they all like the idea. So I ask, uh, you know, for this amount of land to do it on. Now, all this time that I'm making my presentation, Oral Roberts is sitting next to me, writing on a napkin, and you've probably heard me tell this story before, but it's my sermon. I want to hear it again. <laughs> he's writing on a napkin and he looks at what he's written and wads it up and throws it off the table, gets another napkin. All the time I'm talking and I can see this out of the corner of my eye. I'm thinking, what is he doing? This is, this is Africa. This is rude. They're liable to put us in a dungeon if you don't behave, you know. <laughs> and finally, finally, he hit me on the shoulder and put that napkin right in front of my face and said, read this. I said, Brother Roberts, can this wait? I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the vice president. No, it can't wait. Read it now. I said, excuse me, sir. Uh, Dr. Roberts wants me to read something. I looked at I can't read it. I don't know what he says. Now, I've got, I've got in my archives stacks and stacks of handwritten letters from Oral Roberts, and you have to pray in the Spirit to interpret them. <laughs> but this was the worst one I'd ever seen. I don't have a clue what it says. I said, Brother Roberts, I don't know what this says. I'll read it after I get out of this meeting. Read it now. I said, sir, excuse me. He's insisting I read this now. So they're sitting patiently while I'm trying to figure out what it says. I don't know what it says. I said, Brother Roberts, I'm sorry. I don't know what this says. Would you please read it to me so I can get back to this meeting? He said, that's all Roberts spelled backwards. I said, this is what you've been working on the last 45 minutes? I said, are we boring you? 
He said, you bore me, he bores me, everybody in this room bores me. I said, we're going to the dungeon. <laughs> I said, why are we boring you? He said, everybody in this room thinks too small. He said, we can't build, now wait a minute, we can't build? This is my project. We, we not building this, I'm building this. You just wanted to come with me. He said, we can't build this on that amount of land. You're thinking too small. Tell him we need 10 times that amount. I said, I feel led the Lord for you to tell him we need 10 times that amount. He said, we can't build this on that amount of land. We need 10 times that amount. They said, not a problem, Dr. Roberts. Anything else we can do? And then he turned to me, put his finger right in my face and said, don't you ever think small in my presence again. So I took that napkin with oil Robert spelled backwards on it. I put it in my archives with all my other letters from oil Roberts. And now every time somebody on my staff thinks small in my presence, I just get a napkin and write Jerry Seville backwards on it and hand it to him <laughs> and walk out of the room. <laughs> you, don't, you don't hang around God, think small. He's, he's the ultimate big thinker. Amen? I mean, I, I was amazed that you know, I was telling you the stories last night about him telling me that I wouldn't be able to fulfill what I'm called to do without airplanes in my ministry. And he said, and believe for them now when you don't need them. When you need them, they'll be there. And said, and believe for them debt free. And I thought, debt free? I don't have anything that I own that's debt free. And God's talking debt free airplanes. Aviation wrote the book on expensive, you know? <laughs> and if you don't know that, then you've never owned an airplane. It's one thing owning one, just the upkeep on it. I've just spent a million and a half overhauling two engines on my airplane. When I used to could do it for $350,000. You better know how to think big when you start flying airplanes. And I can't do what I'm called to do without them. And, and God has blessed this ministry over the last 54 years with 11 different airplanes debt-free, praise God. Amen. Now, I'm not saying I have 11 airplanes over 50 years the ministry has owned 11 different airplanes and they all came debt free. Hallelujah. So you, 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 you spend quality time with God. You don't have to elevate your thinking. I, I've never had him do this, but or Roberts may have gotten this from God. I don't know if God writes God backwards on napkins <laughs> when you're thinking too small. You know what God backwards is? Dog. Just thought of that. Okay. If we're going to the maximum and the highest level attainable, then it's going to take thinking bigger. Thinking bigger. You, you may have been a small thinker all your life. I was before I came to Christ. I didn't know any better. I didn't know the word. I've never been trained to think big. I just, I just followed the course of the world. Whatever, whatever they said is what, it, what I believed. Until I got 
uh, until I accepted Christ in 1969 and began to get in the Word of God, and it changed everything about me. It changed my outlook. It changed the, my thoughts. It changed my beliefs. And, and you know, today, when, when God does something big in my life, which he's always doing, we have a phrase in Texas, and you'll hear me say it, because I'm thinking, you know, who am I that God would do this for? And the phrase we have in Texas, who to thunk it? Anybody ever heard that? Who to thunk it? And sometimes I just go around pinching myself. Is this really happening to me? Is God really doing this for me? Hallelujah. Who'd have thunk it? But the more quality time you spend with God, quality time in His Word, you're going to notice your, your thinking is going to go to a higher level. You're going to quit limiting God and you're going to quit limiting yourself. Are you tired of settling for mediocrity? It's time to break free from limiting beliefs and unleash your maximum potential. Introducing today's transformational offer, the Becoming Maximum Results-Minded Special Package. This remarkable package includes Jerry Savelle's eye-opening book, God's Word in Troubled Times, along with his power-packed 50th anniversary USB flash drive, featuring 50 of Jerry's most sought-after inspiring audio messages. In this package, Jerry reveals God's strategy for overcoming life's challenges, the keys to accessing supernatural blessing, how to experience unstoppable momentum in your life, and the secret to receiving God's promises. Don't wait any longer. Visit jerrysavelle.org or call us now to secure your copy of the Becoming Maximum Results-Minded Special Package. Don't allow small thinking to hold you back. Begin to seize God's maximum results today. Let me ask you a question again that I asked the audience where I was preaching this message there at Mac Hammond's church in Minneapolis. Do you want God's best? If you do, then you're going to have to become God's best-minded or maximum-minded because God has big plans for your life. Don't think small any longer because if you think small, you're going to limit God and you're going to limit yourself. So determine that you're going to become maximum results-minded and you just watch. God will honor it. God will see to it that what you're believing Him for will come to pass if you will continue to think big and put God's Word first place and final authority. Jerry Ann is with me once again, and she's going to be sharing our special resource package. So listen closely. I think I know for a fact to get maximum minded in your thinking, you have to get to think like God thinks. You got to get the word in you. And this is a perfect way to do it. Dad's got 50 messages on this. You can put this in and just play it over and over and over that the word's getting inside of you. And then this book, God's Word in Troubled Times. Again, you can just read this. It's short, it's sweet, it's powerful though. You can read it over and over. Make sure that you get a copy for yourself and then get one for someone else. You can go to jerrysavelle.org and order yours today. Amen. Thank you once again for watching today. And let me encourage you, if you've not communicated with us, please do let us know that these messages are blessing you. And if you'd be interested in being a partner and helping us spread the gospel throughout the world, touch lives all over the world, 
then ask for a partner package and uh, we'd be happy to send it to you. And it would be an honor for us to have you as a partner in this ministry. You ask anybody that's a partner in this ministry, they'll tell you it is certainly worth the doing and worth the investment. So once again, thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next week as we continue this study on becoming maximum minded. And don't forget, your faith will overcome the world.